Oklahoma's second and final bye week of the 2019 season is officially in the rearview mirror. And now we can focus on what's really important, the final four games of the college football season, potentially five if you count the Big 12 championship. What's up, everybody? I'm Matt Hofeld. This is the Sooner Nation podcast. Thanks for hanging out with us on I, I Apple Pod. I keep wanting to say iTunes, which it's Apple Podcasts now or Spotify or you know, iHeartRadio, wherever you catch us, we're, we're glad you're here. Once again, there's a lot to talk about, a lot to discuss, and we're going to jump into uh, a bunch of it. Um, and, and look, it, Oklahoma being on the off week, it was a, a really kind of a bad slate of Big 12 football games uh, this weekend, followed by a bad slate of games in general. I mean, Florida-Georgia was kind of the, the one game that that really drew in a lot of interest. So it left... It really left the door open in the wake of Oklahoma's loss to Kansas State for a lot of fans to debate really the state of the season and 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 what lies ahead. And and looking at these conversations, and I've been a part of some of them, looking at them on, on whatever social media platform or radio station you listen to, it really kind of may it it gives the impression that Oklahoma fans fall in one of two categories. You can you can say they're pessimistic or optimistic, or you can say they're negative or positive. Both mean the same thing. But it's either like this season's over, there's nothing to play for, you know, it's super disappointing after all the expectations. And again, I mean, one of my coin phrases is I get it. I Because I, I'm approaching this from the standpoint of a fan. And expectations are always high at the University of Oklahoma. And so whenever you don't meet those expectations, it's it's disappointing. And so you got the – and I've been in that. I mean, I, I was that way last Saturday after Oklahoma lost to Kansas State. I was in that Debbie Downer category. I don't think I'm there anymore. But I certainly was for that day. And then you got those who kind of are in the positive category that's – you know, look, everything's okay. We can still win the Big 12. We can still make the college football playoff. And, and I mean, the, the positive group takes it a step further. It's like, we're in. I mean, we're, we're, we've got Jalen Hurts, and this is Oklahoma. It's a staple in the college football playoff, just like Clemson, just like Alabama. The Sooners are a staple. They're there every year. So don't worry about it. But it's like these two extremes just kind of go at each other. And, and it makes me wonder, is is there not some middle ground? Can we not just find some, some middle ground in between these two extremes? Because I, I'd like to think that's where I am. I don't know where you are. I'd love to hear from you. Hit us up on Twitter, at Sports Heartland. Let, let us know, where are you? Where, what category do you fall in? And which category would you want to fall in? Like I said, I, I think you go back to the, the day of the loss, and I was definitely on that pessimistic side. A lot of frustration, a lot of anger, you know, it, it was all there. But I think I've migrated to the middle now. But I can understand what the pessimists say. You got Jalen Hurts, this, the defense seemed to be better. And you just kind of felt like this was this was a season, this was a time when it would change for Oklahoma. A lot of people kind of already put a check mark beside the 
undefeated season part of the resume. But it, it obviously didn't happen. But does that mean the season's over? Have we become that spoiled as a, as a fan base that the the idea that possibly the only thing that's left to play for is a Big 12 championship, we, we've become that spoiled that that's not good enough? I, I, don't want, I don't know that I want to be in that category. I mean, we've got to, I, I, I say, keep the streak going. Oklahoma owns the Big 12. And it drives, listen, here, here's what's the best part. It drives Texas crazy. I mean, look, it's great to win the Big 12 championship. It's great to own the Big 12. Those are good things. To be a player in the national championship, huh? to be in the conversation, those are good things. Do you know do you know who's not in that conversation? Do you know who's not winning the Big 12 championship? Texas. Oh man, and the, and the insecurities. Look, if you want to have if you want to have some fun, go to Twitter, go to Facebook, look up the Texas 24/7 site. Texas 24/7 on Twitter, Texas 24/7 on Facebook. And just kind of read the insecure shots. That whoever does their social media, just look at the the insecurity, and the con the, and the way they promote their the content. I mean, how can you not love that? So yeah, there's some disappointment, but come on, it's a long way from the end of the world. A long way from the end of the world. And and here's the thing. I don't think anybody, here's why I'm in the middle, because I don't think anybody can say for sure 100% that Oklahoma's out. Now, I, I agree. I mean, if you want me to argue that the, you know, the positive side, the optimistic side that they're in, don't worry about it. You just, just win out, win these four games, win the Big 12 championship, and, and they're in the playoff. If you want me to argue that, I'm not going to do it. Because I, I just as I disagree with the pessimist, I think I disagree with the optimist as well, which puts me in the middle. Oklahoma's a long way from being eliminated from this conversation, and they're a long way from being a shoe in. So they're they're in the middle. Here, here's what here's the here's the realist. Because again, the Debbie Downers, these pessimists. By the way, we're all OU fans, so let's just have fun with this, right? But but the the negative side, the pessimistic side, they say, "Hey, you got to face reality. Let's be realistic. It's over." Well, that's not reality. If we're going to be realistic, okay? If that's what we're going to do, then let's hit it up from the middle. Let, let let's call it what it is. Oklahoma's a long shot. They're not out of it. They're certainly not in it. They're on the outside looking in. They're they're a long shot. They have a chance. So let, let's meet in the middle and say, look, win out the chances. And it's it's true. Oklahoma's an off week, right? And 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 here's what's crazy about this entire conversation. This entire conversation hinges around this. The AP poll and the coaches poll. 
those aren't the college football playoff poll. We'll know about that Tuesday night. That'll give us some bearing on where Oklahoma is. I think, I think they'll be top eight. I, I think there's a chance that they're around six or seven even in that college football playoff poll. I said that really fast, didn't I? But I, I think that's where they'll be. If you're six or seven in that poll, even if you're eight in that poll, you're in the conversation. And I, I, I think the realistic path to this conversation is this. Oklahoma needs to win out. Another loss, you're done, right? Another loss and you're done. But you win out, and every week that you win out, you increase a little bit more. There's zero chance, whether you look at the AP poll where Oklahoma's number nine, or you look at the coaches poll where Oklahoma's number eight, or you look at the college football playoff poll that comes out on Tuesday, there's zero chance that the, all of the teams that are ranked ahead of Oklahoma there's zero chance that all of them are going to win out. So that means there's room for Oklahoma to advance. Oklahoma in a couple of weeks, they're going to go to Waco, Texas, and they're going to have a good chance, a very good chance to play a top 10 team on the road. Everyone's going to be looking at that game. All eyes on it. So how can you say they're out? Let's call it what it is. They need help. They got to win out, but there's still a chance. And I think that's the middle ground. It's not saying that they're totally out. It's not saying they're 100% in. It's the realistic viewpoint of where Oklahoma is to this stage of the season. Yeah, if you could just go back in time and play that entire Kansas State game the same way you played the first and the fourth quarters, then this conversation is null and void. But we can't do that. But let's also not pretend like three of the last four years, Oklahoma hasn't made the playoff with one loss. So therefore, based off of the track record, based off of the resume, based off of the history, I refuse to believe that they're out. Oklahoma back in action in Norman this Saturday, 7 p.m. kickoff Central Time. Sooners finally getting another night game. I mean, it's been forever, it seems like. Now listen, if you don't have tickets for that, you know how hard they are to get because tickets to Oklahoma football are always, always sold out. However, Vivid Seats is your top source for tickets for all the events that you want to go to. You can sort by the price or you can look for seats in the sectionary row of your choice, all on the Vivid Seats app. And to make things even better, Vivid Seats now has a loyalty program that allows fans to earn credit back. It's called Vivid Seats Rewards. If you go to the App Store or Google Play and you download the Vivid Seats app, fans are automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Rewards program. Every purchase on Vivid Seats is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater shows and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app. Join the Vivid Seats Reward loyalty program. Today. Now, here's the here we're gonna even make this better, okay? Even gonna make it better. 
When it's time for you to buy your Oklahoma Iowa State tickets that you're going to find on Vivid Seats, if you enter the promo promo code Overtime at checkout, you're going to receive a discount of up to one hundred dollars on your ticket purchase. Use the promo code Overtime. That's O V E R T I M E. Oklahoma getting ready to play Iowa State in a game that absolutely 100% is must win for the Sooners. But you know, we've reached that point of the season where you got to begin to start thinking about perception. Perception is everything. Iowa State definitely not the team that people thought they were going to be, including myself. I, I picked Iowa State to play Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship game. And if that, if I mean, that's not going to happen, particularly if this game goes the way I think it is and Oklahoma wins. The Cyclones right now sitting at 5-3 and three on the season, 3-2 and two in the Big 12. But here's the thing. It is a team in the conference with a winning record that currently sits in fourth place. Or if you want to look at it, they sit tied for third place. Because Kansas State, Iowa State, Texas, all sitting at three and two. Perception means a lot right now. And, and look, when you let's just step out of this and, and say say this. The perception for Oklahoma nationally is still pretty good. I mean, Oklahoma is never going to be, well, I don't know, I can say never, but in the foreseeable future, they're not going to be like the SEC because, I mean, the SEC – listen, the SEC is – this is no secret to you. You're listening to this podcast because you're an Oklahoma football fan, and that means you're uh, mildly a fan of the Big 12. I think a lot of Oklahoma football fans are starting to turn on the Big 12. Well, I'm going to talk about that in just a second, but the reality is the SEC is not as good as the perception is, okay? It's not. You've seen the statistics out there. You've seen Alabama's record this season, the record of their opponents. Worst winning percentage of all the top 10 right now is Alabama, as far as opponents go. This is a conference that lost to FCS schools, not one, multiple FCS schools this season. So the SEC is not all that, but they're going to be treated all that, like they're all that. That makes some people a little bit envious, but Oklahoma has a positive perception right now nationally. I, I think there, I, I really think there's a lot of people out there that would still love to see Oklahoma in the playoff. I, I really do. I, I believe that there's a lot of people and, and money people. That could say, man, Oklahoma, Alabama, Oklahoma, Tua, Jalen. We want that. And, and th- again, let's, let's be honest. If Oklahoma makes the playoff this year, they're going to be at the number four seed. Like they have been every other year they've made the playoff. And they're probably going to face the number one seed, which at this point, if it was today, would be LSU. But seriously, raise your hand. If you believe that LSU is still going to be in the number one seed when it all, it's all said and done, you see, that's perception. You see, you see LSU number one, but you don't believe they're number one. 
You see Clemson as being in the playoff, but you don't believe that this Clemson team is as good as the last team that won the national championship. It's all about perception. And people see Oklahoma on the outside looking in, but they believe that Oklahoma is still one of the best teams in the country. How do I know that? How can I say that? What's my proof of that? Well, I believe that the the poll that's going to be released Tuesday night is probably going to validate that some. Now, Oklahoma's not going to be top four, clearly, but they're going to be in jockeying position. And you look at the AP and the coaches poll. Coming off of a bye week, Oklahoma moved up. They moved up one spot in the AP. They moved up two spots in the coaches poll. Look, and you're going to... The, the, the doubters out there, that that pessimistic group that we talked about, they're going to say, but wait a minute. I mean, they had to move up because Georgia beat Florida. No, I mean, look, let's be honest. I mean, again, let's, let's be honest in this conversation. No one would have been surprised. No one would have been surprised if Oklahoma stayed at number 10 and Florida was number nine. No one would have been surprised by that. But that's not what happened. Oklahoma moved up. Florida dropped the number 10. The coaches dropped Florida five spots. That tells me I think Florida's done. I mean, clearly they have two losses. That also tells me Georgia's vulnerable. The perception for Oklahoma is, is, is fairly it's fairly positive. Do you, do you remember what happened the last time Oklahoma came off a of bye week? Now, keep in mind, it was early in the season. It was in September. Oklahoma was 3-0. and Fourth week of the season, they went into a bye. When that poll came out on Sunday, following the fourth week of the season, it's a week five poll, when it came out, Oklahoma dropped. They dropped. I mean, you remember, Jalen Hurts was all the story, Okay. Oklahoma had had beaten Houston. Oklahoma had beaten South Dakota. They went out to Los Angeles, and Jalen Hurts put on a show against UCLA. It was all positive about Oklahoma. And then they take up, they go into the bye week, and they come out of it, and they drop. The perception of Oklahoma is people want them. They want them in the playoff. Oklahoma fans want him in the playoff. There's people nationally who want him in the playoff. And I think that's 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 a good sign for Oklahoma. Again, doesn't mean that they don't need help. But what it does mean, I think you're going to see Oklahoma in position to take advantage of that help if and when it comes. Speaking of perception, is it possible that we have the wrong perception of the Big 12 in general? You know, I talked a little, a little bit earlier about conference envy and people who talk about the SEC this and the SEC that. And really, the SEC is not that great of a conference. If you listen to this podcast, I feel like I've made a pretty good case about the Big Ten being the best conference right now. And I'm not a Big Ten fan. I mean, if you listen to this, if you listen to this podcast, I'm that guy that rails against the Big Ten, right? But the Big Ten's got three undefeated teams right now. 
the Ohio State and Penn State got to play each other. They they can't make it to the conference championship game. Minnesota, I've, I've said oftentimes, is the Baylor of the Big Ten. You just kind of scratch your head at them, but they keep winning. But I think maybe we've got this this wrong image of the Big Twelve. Again, just based off perception, right? I mean, look, it's Oklahoma. They're the cream of the crop, okay? Yeah, I know. Right now, Baylor's number one. When our when our Heartland Sports Power Rankings come out, Baylor's going to be number one. Spoiler alert, right? But this is Oklahoma's conference. And and last year it was Oklahoma and Texas, clearly the top two teams in the conference. West Virginia made some noise. Oklahoma State made some noise. But I, I mean, if you'll bear with me for just a second, I think I might be able to make an argument that that the Big Twelve in 2019 may be better than it was in 2018. Because you had Texas and Oklahoma at the top last season, right? And then there was there was a not not a big a big knockdown, but there was a notch down with West Virginia and Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State beat Texas. West Virginia beat Texas. They they made noise in the Big Twelve Conference, but it came down between Oklahoma and Texas. This year, based on Two months of football, it's going to come down between Baylor and Oklahoma. But then you've got three schools down there kind of making some noise, right? Kansas State, they've already upset Oklahoma. Then you've got Texas, you've got Iowa State. You could even throw Oklahoma State in there because they beat Kansas State. I think it goes deeper this year. So, so you've kind of got this same situation as last year, just different players, different names. You could go back to 2017. Remember 2017, Oklahoma lost at home to Iowa State. You remember that? 2017 is a lot like 2019. And that Oklahoma has that shocking loss at home to Iowa State. Everybody writes off the Sooners. I'm talking about the Sooner fans. They, they write off Baker Mayfield and company. And that may have been. That may have been the best team in the country in 2017. I know Georgia's going to take exception to that because they won in overtime in the Rose Bowl. I'm not one to make excuses. Give Georgia credit, okay? I got lots of friends in Georgia. Okay, go dogs, right? I got it. But Baker Mayfield was not Baker Mayfield in that game. Remember he had been sick, had the flu? What happens if if you have 100% Baker Mayfield? We could play what-ifs all day, but the point I'm making is the parallel. Oklahoma, just crazy, unexpected loss to Iowa State at home, and everyone writes them off. But what happens? They, They came back. They got some help. They won the Big 12 championship against who? They won the Big 12 championship against TCU that year. That's right. It wasn't Texas. 
I've been saying this for a long time, guys. Texas has not been relevant in the national landscape of college football for a decade. And we can't fall victim to this idea that Texas was supposed to be back because they won the Sugar Bowl. And now they're mediocre. They, and they, that's what they're five and three on the season. Five and three. They're a last second field goal from being two and three in conference play. So because Texas is down, because Will Greer graduated, Dana Holgerson left, left West Virginia, the Mountaineers are down. And so people think, man, this, this conference just isn't as good as it was last year. Look at Texas at five and three. Look at West Virginia. What are they? Three and five? And we're not talking about the fact that Baylor's sitting there at eight and no. I don't I haven't gone back and looked at everything. Okay, I'm gonna throw that out there. Disclaimer. I have not gone back and verified this, but I think this is as late in the season that the Big 12 has had an undefeated team since the playoff era began. Okay? So we're doing something with the Big 12 that's never been done before. You never had an undefeated team this late in the season in the playoff era. But then Oklahoma's still there. So instead of Texas, you got Baylor and Oklahoma. And then you've got Kansas State, Iowa State if you want them, Texas, Oklahoma State, all in there, that second tier. I don't think the Big 12 is as bad as we as we as what we think it is. I mean, look, we we can we can make arguments about how poorly this conference is run, and I'm not going to disagree with you there. The fact that they're fining schools for storming the field, the fact that they bought into this entire horns down thing, the fact that they they fire they find Texas Tech uh, athletic director for making comments, just explaining what happened, why they lost to Baylor. By the way, in in something that <laughs> that the Big Twelve admitted happened. Yeah, we can we can make all kinds of arguments about how poorly this conference is run, and I'm going to jump right in there with you, and I'm going to agree a hundred percent. But if we're going to talk top to bottom about the quality of football played, I don't know that I can get on board with that. In the ACC, the last few years, it's been the same team. It's been Clemson. And the SEC, the last few years, has been the same team. In Georgia, well, it's been Alabama at front, Georgia. Okay, in the Big 12, it's been the same team. It's been Oklahoma. But the names have changed about the other guys down the, down the ladder. Just because it's not Texas, just because it's not West Virginia, doesn't mean it's not good. We gotta avoid that 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 misunderstanding, and, and maybe you maybe you vehemently disagree with me, and that's okay. That's okay, because good discourse is based off of disagreement. But I'm thinking this season, this season, in the Big Twelve and in Oklahoma is a lot like 2017. And if a one-loss Big Twelve champion Oklahoma was good enough to make the playoff in 2017. 
there is a chance, not saying it will happen, not saying with 100% certainty, but what I am saying, the parallel is there. There is a chance that a one-loss Big 12 champion Oklahoma team would be good enough in 2019, even though it's not Texas, that they're going to play in the Big 12 championship game. I mean, can you bet against Baylor right now? But is that, I mean, is Baylor not equivalent to TCU in 2017? I think we should give this conference a little bit more credit. I I think top to bottom, better than the ACC. I think top to bottom, better than the Pac-12. I'm just not ready to write it off as, as Oklahoma can't make it because the Big 12's not good. You can say... Potentially, Oklahoma can't make it because the Big Ten is really good this year. And again, I'm anything but a Big Ten fan. You you could make the argument about the SEC and the top teams there. This LSU-Alabama thing is about to get really real this weekend, and that'll give us some, some sort of direction with it. But I just don't think I can say it's because the Big 12 is bad. Because the Big 12 has been there. I mean, Oklahoma uh, clearly a member of the Big 12, right? Three out of the last four years, the Big 12 has been good enough to get Oklahoma in the playoff with one loss. So, I mean, I, again, I'm just saying, tell, tell me why it's bad. Tell me why it's bad. You can tell me you don't like it, okay? And I'm again, I'm not going to disagree with the way it's the, the conference is run. You can tell me, well, when the expansion comes around, there's there's just no options there, and, and I'm, I'm going to disagree with that because I think there are options there. You, they they may not. I mean, look, I, th- I think the Big Twelve really missed the boat with Louisville, but man, BYU's an option out west. I I like the idea of Memphis. I still am a huge fan of the idea of Houston. SMU. Look, man, you you get SMU and Dallas and Houston, uh, the Cougars. Though that that Oklahoma's already doing great recruiting the state of Texas. And by the way, people are jumping ship out of Austin right now, just left and right. Players hitting the portal, recruits decommitting. Oklahoma's got a lot of inroads right now in the state of Texas. They've got a lot of inroads out west, but you add BYU to this schedule. Can you imagine what that does for their California pipeline, getting games out west? You add SMU or Houston. Can you imagine what that does, how that continues to boost the recruiting there, knowing that, hey, you know, you add SMU and you're going to be playing in the city of Dallas every other year. You're going to be playing two games there plus the Big 12 championship, potentially three games in Dallas. What is that going to do for Oklahoma recruiting there? Adding Houston every other year, you're going to be playing in Houston. I mean, look, you're not going to go out and you're not going to find a team anywhere to join any conference that's the same caliber as Oklahoma or Texas or. You know, pick the third team, Kansas State. But I think, I think there are teams out there like a Memphis, like a Houston, 
like an SMU, that are capable of doing every now and then what TCU has done, every now and then what Baylor has done, every now and then what Oklahoma State has done, where they rise up and they challenge. And again, tell me how that's bad. Tell me how that's bad. Again, I'm beating a dead horse at this point. Being a dead horse, but the reality is, in my opinion, Big 12 Conference is just fine. Just fine. We're two-thirds of the way through the college football season, and Oklahoma is, in fact, pushing for a spot in the playoff. Very much in the conversation. Also, NBA is finally here as well. If you haven't gotten in on the action, now's the time. Check out the latest from our friends over at mybookie.ag. Currently, they have Oklahoma 13-point favorite over Iowa State in Norman this coming Saturday night. Of course, in addition to all the traditional spreads and totals, quarters and halves and periods and everything, player props, including points, yards, and goals, they're all there. PGA, NASCAR, soccer, even more. Now's the best time to get in on the action. If you sign up at mybookie.ag and use the promo code OVERTIME, they will match your first deposit. Again, promo code OVERTIME, and new users get their first deposit doubled. Mybookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, let's talk Oklahoma in in terms of going into this game against Iowa State. You know, you come off the bye week, and and listen, as as bitter, just as just miserable as this has been for Oklahoma fans, you can only imagine, right? You can only imagine being a player and just having this taste in your mouth for 13, 14 days before you finally get to go back out on the field and play again and try to erase this bad memory. One of the things that Oklahoma has to do is they, they've got to win, and they've got to win decisively. I, I don't think you can, if you're in Oklahoma, if you're if you're the Sooners and you're wanting to maintain this position that you're in for the playoff, the last thing you want to do is have another squeaker, right? Unless it's at Baylor. But man, you get a convincing win over Baylor, man, that's 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 even better. But but you got to start with Iowa State. Now we're gonna definitely get into previewing this game a whole lot more on our Thursday podcast. It's gonna be devoted specifically to this topic. But I, I get to thinking about three things. When you're in the bye week, you know what you want to do is you want to heal up. All right, you, you want to get your team healthy. So that means you don't do a lot of contact. You, you you go back to the drawing board. You add more wrinkles to your offensive game plan. You add more wrinkles to your defensive game plan. You work on fundamentals, recognition, reacting, breaking down. But most of your hitting is done against the the, the dummies the tackling dummies, and so forth. But it's also a time just to sit back and refocus. And, and I got to thinking about that. I, I, I think, if you'll bear with me, I, I think there's three things for me as a fan. I think there's three things that I hope Oklahoma addressed in the bye week. Three things. Defensive mentality, the running game, and humility. Defensive mentality, the running game, and humility. Let's talk about this for just a second. Think about this defense. Up until Kansas State, everyone was raving on this defense, right? Speed defense, Alex Grinch. They're back. 
Well, and then Kansas State comes around and we think, oh my gosh, this is the 2018 defense. This is a 2017 defense. This defense is definitely back, but it's the wrong defense, right? <laughs> we don't want this defense. We want the defense we saw through the first seven games of the season. Here, here's, here's what happened in Manhattan. Oklahoma's defense through seven games kind of made a name for itself by being the aggressor. Okay, they're, they're going to they're gonna smash through the, the middle of the line of scrimmage, simplify the game plan, and just leave you some reaction time, but you react quickly. And so they were able to, to be the aggressor against Texas, all those sacks against Sam Ellinger. They were able to be the aggressor against UCLA. They've been the aggressor all, all, all season long. But then they get to Kansas State, and the Wildcats did something different. They did something that's not been done this Oklahoma defense to this point of the season. The Wildcats on offense were more aggressive than Oklahoma was on defense. And they attacked, they physically attacked certain elements of Oklahoma's defense. Go back and look at, at just the abuse that Kenneth Murray took. Think about the play where Parnell Motley gets ultimately gets ejected on. They what Kansas State did was we're gonna we're gonna throw in some new wrinkles. We're gonna outsmart them just a little bit, but really what we're gonna do is we're gonna be more physical than they are. They're gonna be fast, but we're gonna be physical. And you gotta wonder what is where does that leave Oklahoma's defense mentally? I mean, you, you again we talked about Parnell Motley. We can use that as an example. His ejection shows that they took Oklahoma's defense, they, they took them back mentally. Why did Parnell Motley get ejected from that game? Because mentally he checked out. Mentally he stopped focusing on the defensive game plan. He stopped focusing on the big big picture. And for just a, just a brief moment, he focused on himself and the abuse that he was taking as he's getting driven out of bounds by a blocking player. And the frustration showed through with the kick, ultimately leading to the ejection. Was it a bad call? Sure. Should have been a 15-yard penalty, and that should have been the end of it, in my opinion. But still, the reality is, whether it's a 15-yard penalty or whether it's an ejection, it is, it is, it's a, an example of exactly what I'm talking about, that Kansas State took the fight to Oklahoma. And one thing I've said about this defense and, and since the beginning of the Alex Grinch era is that, you know, mentally it's hard to change. And I think you're going to have to see some personnel changes as well. You've got an injury to Delaney Turner Yell. Is he going to play Saturday? Parnell Motley, has he been replaced? I mean, Alex Grinch mentioned... After the Kansas State game, he hinted that we're going to have to make some changes. Now, he he didn't say whether there'll be schematic changes. He didn't say whether there'll be personnel changes. But he did say we're going to have to make some changes to get the result that we want. And don't forget, that result is the two turnovers. Oklahoma, I mean, I, the streak is going without getting turnovers. And so what I've said is, I mean, let's see what happens when you get knocked down. It's, it's not about how you enter the fight. 
right? It's not about how you enter the fight. It's, it's, it's what happens when the fight comes to you. When you take that punch, can you get back up and fight? We saw this team defensively absolutely 100% abused by Kansas State. Not a, not a chance, not a chance that Iowa State's going to ignore that. Zero chance Iowa State ignores that. So what do you do? Well, hopefully you get mentally stronger. Hopefully Alex Grinch is in the ear of these guys saying, hey, you, you got beat. Now go earn it back. Go out and beat somebody else. The last thing as an Oklahoma fan, the last thing that you want to see is this defense come out and take some blows and cave like they did against Kansas State. I want to see him take some blows. Honestly, I, I want to see him challenge. I want to see Iowa State be physical with him. And then I want to see mentally and physically, can they rise to that challenge? It's, it's, it's the worst as this defense has been beat up since they played Alabama in the Orange Bowl. And it's almost as if you're Alex Grinch, you got to hit the reset button. Can they go back and be what they were? the first seven games of the season. So hopefully they address the mentality of this defense. And then hopefully they address the running game. Look, I get it. You're, you're in the thick. You're in the thick of a playoff run. You're in the thick of a Heisman Trophy race. So you want the ball in the hands of your best player, which clearly is Jalen Hurts. Putting up astronomical numbers, almost he's responsible by himself for almost 3,500 yards of offense. That's incredible, and it's 3,300 yards. Math is hard for me, but I mean, look, he does he. I, I, here's the thing: Jalen Hurts 801 rushing yards, 13 rushing touchdowns. Averaging 7.8 yards per carry. That is astronomical. But if I'm if I'm Lincoln Riley, I want to use Jalen Hurts as a running asset because I can, not because I have to. You got Kennedy Brooks, eight yards a carry. Trey Sermon, seven yards a carry. Ramondre Stevenson, 9.2 yards a carry. Kenny Brooks has less than half the rushing attempts that Jalen Hurts does. Trey Sermon, almost half the rushing attempts that Jalen Hurts does. Of course, Ramondre Stevenson, way down the list there. They, 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 I, I, I'm, on, I'm at a loss because Lincoln Riley is such an offensive genius that I, I can't fathom why he's not taking advantage of Kennedy Brooks and Trey Sermon. I've tried to I've tried to come up with reasons. I really have. But I, I'm 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 at a loss. I, not a knock against Lincoln Riley. I mean, I think like most Oklahoma fans, I explicitly trust this guy. No, I mean he knows he has forgotten more about football 
than I'll ever, <laughs> I ever will know. But I'm scratching my head at this running back situation. Jalen Hurts is completing almost 74% of his passes. That, that means seven out of every 10 passes, a little bit more, is completed on the season. To, to, to me, that stat in itself lends to the availability to take advantage of the situation using a Kennedy Brooks and his speed, using a Trey Sermon and his power. Yet what we have seen since the Texas game is these guys really used more as decoys than anything else. And it all came to a head when they lost at Kansas State. Yeah, Jalen Hurts got them back into that game. CeeDee Lamb got them back into that game. But I can't help but wonder if you took more advantage of Kennedy Brooks and more advantage of Trey Sermon, would you have ever been out of the game? When you look at how Baylor beat Kansas State and you look at how Oklahoma State beat Kansas State, you got to wonder why did Oklahoma not go that route? And what I said in the post game, I'm sticking to my guns and as a legitimate question is, are they capable? Is Oklahoma capable of running the ball between the tackles the way Baylor did, the way Oklahoma State did against the Kansas State defensive front? And if the answer to that question is no, then we got some significant problems moving forward. Because if, if you can't run the ball between the tackles against a physical defensive front, it's going to be a really rocky emotional roller coaster, frustrating on the edge of your seat finish to the college football season. Because Baylor's going to try to be physical up front. Iowa State's going to try to be physical up front. TCU's definitely going to be physical up front. And Oklahoma State's going to try to be physical up front. So you got to figure it out. You got to figure out what you're doing with these guys. I, I would not be surprised at all. Since you've had this buy, you know, you basically you've had, a, you know, you, by, the, by the time Iowa State rolls around, you're going to have, you know, two weeks of practices. Would not be surprised at all to see Oklahoma come out and do a lot more zone read type stuff. I mean, it's almost you, you think back to what, you know, 2005, what Texas did with Vince Young. You know, they lived on the zone read. Texas had a the most dynamic quarterback in the country that year. And they had pretty good running backs. So you had to respect them both. And you picked your poison if you were the defense. I think, if again, Lincoln Riley, look, I, I'll never, ever, ever in my life pretend to know more about football than Lincoln Riley does, okay? But if I've got a running back averaging eight yards a carry, I'm trying to figure out how to get him more carries. And if what you're doing right now is not lending itself to that, I'm going to work something out. Zone read, more, more of that would keep Jalen Hurts in the Heisman race because it gives him opportunities to run. But it also gives you a different advantage over the defense. 
I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. And I don't even know if there's a problem for there to be an answer. Lincoln Riley may look at this and say, look, we're fine. The offense is fine. Because the truth is, Oklahoma did not lose to Kansas State because of the offense. Sooners lost to Kansas State because the defense just got manhandled. Yeah, the offense struggled. Yeah, they didn't hum as, as well as they had in the past. But it was the defense. Defense gave up 48 points. I said this in the postgame. If you score 41 points in football, you should win. 41 points should should have been enough for Oklahoma to win. So Lincoln Riley may look at this and say, ah, there's no problem here at all. Kennedy Brooks, Trey Sermon, they may be fully on board with what's going on. I don't know that that's true, though. I don't know that Lincoln Riley does not want to use his running backs more than what he is. And just trusting in his defensive genius excuse me, offensive genius. I'm thinking that maybe he's given a little bit more time and the bye to figure some things out with the running game. Last but not least, I hope Oklahoma addressed humility. Humility is never bad. Anytime you can, anytime you can face humility, you can be humbled a little bit and learn from it. That's a good thing. Humility can always be a good thing. And listen, there's a difference. There's a difference between confidence and arrogance, okay? You want this team to walk with swagger because they're confident. You don't want them to walk with swagger because they're arrogant. Confidence is knowing what you can do, right? I know what I, as, as in my position that I play, be it on the offensive line, be it the defensive secondary, or anywhere else on the field, I am confident in my ability to do this task. That's what you want. If a player doesn't have confidence, what you get is hesitation. Look at look at Buki last year. He hesitated a lot and he got burned a lot because he wasn't confident in what he was doing. The biggest thing, the biggest reason for Buki's improvement from year one to year two is his confidence. He, he has a better understanding, a more firm grasp on what his assignment is, what his role is. He's confident in it. But it, I feel like this team had had begun to teeter a little bit towards arrogance going into that Kansas State game. So hopefully they addressed a little bit of humility to get him through the last four weeks of the season. Two games on the road and two games at home. Humility goes a long way when you're trying to close out and make the Big 12 championship game. Speaking of closing things out, let's close out this podcast with a quick recap of Week 10 action in the Big 12. I think the two big surprises were how Baylor struggled at home against West Virginia. You'll see that 17-14 to 14 score, and you think, yeah, if that game's in Morgantown, I get it. But to maybe, I mean, look, maybe you're looking ahead if you're Baylor, right? Maybe you're overlooking the Mountaineers. A huge third quarter for West Virginia, outscoring Baylor 14-7, to seven, set up a Opportunity for Baylor to kick a game-winning field goal in the fourth quarter and escape that. If you're Oklahoma, remember, if you're Oklahoma, you need Baylor to be undefeated. You really want to cheer for the Baylor Bears right now. And I think the second upset, or surprise, if you will, was Oklahoma State over TCU. I don't think it was an upset in the way that the Cowboys were underdogs in this game, but 
really to kind of just steamroll TCU on the ground over 300 rushing yards uh, the week that they hear that they're going to be without Tylen Wallace for the rest of the season. You think, you know, this is a, this is really going to affect Oklahoma State's offensive game plan, and yet they just turn to their superstar in Chuba Hubbard, and uh, Oklahoma State probably rolling with one of the elite running backs, if not the most elite running back in the nation right now. I, I think when you look at Chuba Hubbard, if Jonathan Taylor is worthy of a trip to New York City for the Heisman presentation, Chuba Hubbard very much is as well. Compare Jonathan Taylor and Chuba Hubbard's stats. Get back to me on that if you disagree. Uh, Oklahoma State, seven points better than TCU uh, to close out uh, the the weekend of Big 12. It was, was a very limited slate of action. Of course, Kansas State, Again, if you're Oklahoma, you want the Wildcats to win as many games down the stretch as possible. Kansas State, number 22 in the nation, rolling Kansas 38-10, to a game that a lot of people thought would be closer, but certainly not surprised that it wasn't. And so that was just a very, very limited three-game weekend of the Big 12 uh, action. Obviously, Oklahoma back in action this week uh, against Iowa State, capping off a day that's going to feature four games, Baylor at TCU, Again, you're cheering for the Bears, Texas Tech, West Virginia, Kansas State, and Texas. Here, here's what's good news, okay? If you're an Oklahoma fan, you can cheer for Kansas State in this game to beat Texas, and it's okay. You don't need Texas to win this game. Remember, the Longhorns haven't been relevant in the Big 12 in more than a decade. Kansas is the ranked team, not Texas. Kansas is the team that beats you, not Texas. You want that loss to look as good as possible, so you you want Kansas State to win at Texas. Anyway, it's all good. Iowa State, Oklahoma, 7 o'clock kickoff Saturday night. We'll be back Thursday to really kind of um, uh, preview that game, give you the breakdown, offensive, defensive, keys to that game. Thanks so much for uh, listening to the Sooner Nation podcast. I'm Matt Hofeld. Have a fantastic week, everybody. Boomer Sooner.